When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki, and I'm here today with Johnetta Rhodes. I'm so <laughs> excited that she's back. Um, First of all, I just want to say I am so damn tired. <laughs> like I am exhausted. Oh my god! So I've had like insomnia for the last probably week and a half. I would say like I say about that. Oh god, we've been it's talking so about awful. it. Yeah, it's been so awful. I think I finally figured out what it was. I think it was one of my magic one of my medications that went up that had previously been at a lower dosage, mm-hmm. and I think that just that dosage like. You think difference. it's like increasing your energy possibly and Maybe, making it harder just like to fall making asleep? Me, yeah, and I read that, that that medication can do that. So I'm like, ugh. ugh. Yeah, Villainous. so I'm just, uh It's like right now it is 1.12 p.m. And I literally, like, my brain just keeps thinking how many more hours until I can get in bed. Like, <laughs> this is awful. Even though I know I won't sleep. Like, I know right. it'll be horrible. Like, right. So basically I'm in hell right now is what I'm trying <laughs> to tell you. So anyway. That's okay. Johnetta is back because she has become like the true crime, like the popular true crime personality for this <laughs> podcast. I'm um, honored because I love true crime. Yes. And the episodes that you have been on that have been true crime are like the highest downloads. Like those really? are, yes, people have, people must those. love me. They do. They I'm love kidding, you, but yeah. thank you. No, they do. They love you. I got like, I get fan mail whenever you're on the show. So yeah. Oh my but, gosh. That's exciting. Anyway. So, um, I have a couple of things that I want to talk about before we get started. So this episode is going to be a first for the podcast because it's going to be in multiple parts. Ooh. Yes. So that means that we're going to get a little bit of a deeper dive into this topic, and it is a true crime topic, um, and it's Joe Exotic. Girl, when you texted me Joe Exotic, I was like, I am on board. Oh, yeah. I am on board, and then I sent you that screenshot. Yeah. The day that you texted me is the day that he got sentenced. Yes, like, and I and I told you before the news came out yeah, about him being sentenced. It was sentenced. like, I think, you, I think you texted me like three or four hours before mm-hmm. it happened, and then I had yep. happened to get on Facebook, and I saw it on CNN, and it was mm-hmm. like, breaking, Joe Exotic gets yep. however many, 22 20, years. 22 years. Yeah, it was like, yep. it was like 20-something. Um, in federal prison and I was like holy shit we have to do this now oh this yeah. is a sign yeah oh yeah and it's such a it's such a compelling case like he's I think just that a compelling character he is like he is. nobody could have invented him no you can't <laughs> like you cannot dream up Joe Exotic like no. this is just no it's amazing so um before we get started I wanted to announce one other thing and that is that moving forward for the foreseeable future the episodes are going to drop every other Friday. So, like, this is part one. There won't be an episode next week. And then part two will be out the week after that, et cetera, like, so on and so forth. Right. And the reason I'm doing that is because I'm really buckling down with my writing career. And that takes a lot of time. And that's part of the reason I'm so tired. <laughs> also, 
So, I feel that. Yeah, I it's feel hard. That. It, it is, is hard. It's hard. Getting into the rhythm yeah. of really trying to, like, because I've told you, I'm, you know, in my writing, because we write mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Uh, not together like co-authors, co-authors but, like, but like co-workers. <laughs> co-workers, yeah. basically, yes. Um, But it, it's just been kind of a struggle to make myself sit mm-hmm. down and pace it out and go, look, here's your deadline. Like, I've learned that yeah. being your own boss means you have to make your own deadlines and you know me and you know that I am so damn sporadic mm-hmm. that that's not normally a thing. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh shit. Now I have to be an adult about it. Mm-hmm. So I totally get that. I get yeah. why it's, that's a necessity uh, for you. It's so, it's so hard. And like, um, one of the things for me that I discovered that is a problem for a lot of people who uh, work for themselves or work from home is that I have what's called work creep, which is where five o'clock comes and maybe I quit. But I go back to it because I feel like because it's here in the house, right? I should be working. Even right. if it's like seven o'clock at night and I'm supposed to go have dinner with my family. Like I'm like, well, I should be working on that. So um I'm kinda See, I need to I need to siphon some of that oh, off because mine bad. is more like, here, how can I distract myself yeah. while I'm in my own walls from what I'm supposed to be doing? Oh, it's bad. It's bad. But anyway, so that being said, that that was one of the reasons that I wanted to go to every other week. The other reason is that I want to kind of do these deeper dives into some topics. Like, right. Because there are some big cases out of Oklahoma. Like, oh, yeah. I can think of several right now that um, I really want to do on the podcast. And I even thought about maybe like revisiting the Girl Scout murders and right. doing like an extended series on that. So that would be cool. If you've got an idea for something that's like a meteor kind of like... Um, lots of information type of true crime or haunting or something that you would like to see multiple episodes about, um, send me a note about it. So, and I will, I will get on that. But, um, anyway, so let's get started mm-hmm. on this Joe exotic. Um, so yeah, he got 22 years in prison. Um, about a year ago that was like last summer, that was just like all over the news. That's when that blew up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Last summer. I mean, I told was... you, I seen him what two years ago. I want to say it was two, around two uh, Decembers ago. Yeah. That I had seen him. Whenever Lady Gaga was in town, mm-hmm. whenever that was. Because yeah. I literally went to her concert after I had seen him in that parade in Norman. What he, parade was it? I cannot remember what it was. I can't what remember. What time of year it was, was... Like, it was around Christmas. Okay. Because I... know I, the Red Ribbon Parade is in October, but is that only more... That is more okay, for sure. Okay, so I probably, mean, it might it hmm. might have been something like that. I think it was Christmassy themed, okay, because it was around that time and it was very wintry and whatever. I don't know what they were doing. I just went down there to see my yeah. my friend's daughter yeah. uh, in the parade, mm. and he happened to be there. And I'm telling you, that guy is a character. He is a showman. Yeah, he is. He Mm -hmm. is. I could see why people would be fascinated by him. You can't look away. No, you can't. It's like fucking train wreck. It is, yeah. (laughs) I mean, one night, one night I went down the rabbit hole of, like, his YouTube videos. Like, whoa. Whoa. I mean, you can't look away. I mean, I only seen him probably, like, two minutes, like, mm -hmm. on the corner. I was, um... I was near that German beer bar that's down there in Norman. Das Boot Camp. That's the one. Yeah. I, that's where I was standing. I love Das Boot Camp. I was it's drinking. So I was drinking the big beer. The big Stein. The big Stein. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
he comes around. So I was already a little bit drunk. And mm-hmm. he comes around and he's got his menagerie. And he's Boat Joe Exotic. I think this was whenever he was going to be a governor. Yeah. Or decided he was going to be governor. Yeah. And I knew people who were like, I'm going to vote for him just because he's fun. And I was like, oh, dear God, please no. Oh like, the man is breeding ligers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, let's let's just not. Like, let's not and say we did. <laughs> you know what that makes me think of every time I hear that word? Napoleon, Napoleon dynamite. fucking dynamite. Yep, yes, exactly. And I'm like, I thought those were fake. What the shit? And he's Teenage got like. fat lord. <laughs> and he's got like 10 of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does. He, oh, my God. He, uh, yeah, so this, like, he was all over the news because, like, it had broken this story about, like, this murder for hire plot. Yeah. Involving Which him. Which sounded so insane. It like, did. It was a murder for hire plot going on within the big cat activist rescue slash breeding community. Right. Like, it's basically like, like a big cat breeder feud. It, it almost seemed like a really weird movie plot right like a comedy yeah like like, a dark comedy like one you would not dream up yeah like so if somebody wants to make a film like a dark (laughs) comedy that's like in the style of drop dead gorgeous like for joe exotic or 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 best in show have you ever seen that Mm. best in show is so good i love love best in show it's such a good one um so anyway yeah i think somebody should get on that um yeah and it's one of the, I think that it, one of the reasons that it was so compelling and so interesting is, is that reason, like, there's a little bit of humor to it. Yeah. Like, I so mean, it's absurd. not, it's not funny for the right. person who was like, obviously trying to be murdered. Right. But it is funny in the fact that it's just so fucking out there. It's absurd. Like, it, it's like the kind of thing that you see in the news and you're like, you sure that didn't happen in Florida? <laughs> like, you know, like. I mean, I mean, although I'm starting to think, girl, that in Oklahoma, our news is getting just as wacky as Florida's sometimes. That's true. That is true. I, I think that it is sometimes. Like, um, let's see. So I want to acknowledge the source for most of what I'm going to tell you guys in this article. I looked at, like, some CNN articles and MSNBC and stuff like that and then some local news articles. But there was this amazing article in Texas Monthly done by Leif, Leif Riegstad. And um, it was out last summer, I think June of 2019. And he did this like amazing piece. Like I can't raise it high enough. It's amazing. I'll have to read it. Yeah, it has all. As you know, I did not prepare. You didn't. You're you're pulling a Ben Kissel today. That's right. You're just here. I'm just just here. here. You're here. here. Ready to react. That's right. Yep. That's right. Ready to laugh and cry with how real this stuff is. Exactly. So, okay, let's start. Let's, let's go back to the beginning. Now we cue the little like curtain music like you know i'm talking about like "Hmm." it's rising now yeah Yeah, exactly okay so um his name you might not know this was not always joe exotic oh shocker (laughs) so um originally his he was born joe schreibvogel i would change my name too but okay yeah but okay, so I thought I thought Schreibvogel was kind of a cool name. I mean, it's kind of cool, but I can understand how that doesn't roll off the tongue the way that right. Joe Exotic does. And it, it doesn't convey like, hey, I'm gonna breed a bunch of big tigers, like, <laughs> and no. try to sell them to and you. Try to sell them to you. Okay, <laughs> so um, he was born. He was born in Kansas, and to me, this sounded like a pretty standard living situation on a farm. Like his parents were both from wealthy farming families, mm-hmm. but. Um, they did not like flaunt their wealth. It kind of made me think of like, I know there's this old story about Sam Walton, the guy who founded Walmart, how Mm -hmm. like he used to, he kept his old pickup truck even after he became who he was. And it was kind of like, 
he was very humble and like didn't really act like he was a rich person. Right. Which this is back before Walmart became what it is today. Like, well, he should have he should have taught that to his kids and his grandkids. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. we won't yeah. go into all that. Yeah. <laughs> so um so it kind of reminded me of that, but but this his parents, like I'm not saying that they were Sam Walton's. They, this but was they had that, that understated yeah. wealth. Right. Um, like, we're not going to be boastful about this. When were, they, when were they born? Did they live through the Depression? I bet his parents did. Then that is probably yeah. a... Um, oh, that was my grandparents, too. A, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, whatever. A mm-hmm. result of that, because, like, my great-grandmother, who, you know, they have one of the original farms in Guthrie mm-hmm. from the land run that's never been divided. Yeah. Like, they were never what you would call poor ever mm-hmm. but you wouldn't know that the way right. that she was very frugal and the way that like i mean damn the woman would clean cans and take them for change mm-hmm. like she was she was that kind of stuff like all the stuff that she sewed was from fabrics that she had inherited mm-hmm. that had they were older than balls and uglier than hell yeah but that's what she sewed with oh and- yeah one of the best examples of that like mindset that came out of the depression um there is a short story by augustin burroughs and it is my favorite. I don't know if he mentions it in this particular story, but I think it's in that book. There's this story that's called um, You Better Not Cry. It is the funniest story you will ever read, memoir story about Christmas. Like, it involves this wax Santa mm-hmm. and him as a child, and he ends up eating part of the wax Santa. Like, he can't control himself. He keeps eating it, and he ends up having to go to the hospital on, like, Christmas Eve to have his stomach pumped. And the way that he writes it is hilarious. But anyway, in some of his writing, he talks about his grandparents, who did live through the Depression. Mm -hmm. And he said that his grandma would, like, wash, wash something or wipe something with a paper towel. And then wash the paper towel and hang it up to dry. Yeah, I mean, she like reused Ziplocs. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like clean them out. And... You're not supposed to do that. Right, yeah. We did discover that that is unhealthy. Yeah. Like eventually, oh, I don't yeah. know, you know, yeah. whatever. But, um, I mean, not us personally, but like they said, you shouldn't reuse them. Yeah, John and I discovered that personally, guys. <laughs> that is 100%. But yeah, like you didn't, you didn't throw anything out. Right. You know, it was like a, that was like yeah. a whole, whole mentality. So. Like my grandparents, like they reused coffee uh, grounds tins for um, like holding cat food and stuff, like putting the dry cat food mm-hmm. in it, and like yep. or cookies or whatever. Like it was, you know, stuff like that. But anyway, so this was kind of like that situation, but it was a little bit like darker than that because um, the thing was that his parents were never affectionate with him. They never like expressed "I love you" or like hugged him or any of the other kids or like made them feel like they were born for any other reason than to work on the farm. That was kind of what he expressed later was that he felt like his parents, that he existed to work on the farm. Which probably goes back to that mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty standard. Because that's how it was for the Davis kids, which was my grandma and her three siblings. Like, they worked on the farm when they were kids. You worked. You worked. That's part of it. It it was. I mean, they were, and my grandparents were dirt. Uh, My great grandparents were dirt poor, like to the point that there was a doctor that lived in Moore at the time named doc i think it was dr holiday and one christmas he showed up and he brought oranges for the kids and my grandma always talked about that because that was all she got for christmas oh yeah and she was i mean and so every year at christmas she would put an orange in the bottom of my stocking that's really cool Mm -hmm. she was a really cool lady 
she was amazing. So anyway, and she and my uncle, and my uncle Joe and my other two aunts, they all worked on the farm as kids, stuff like that. Um, so that's pretty standard. So Crimea River Joe exotic, right? Pretty that's standard. Not why you was killing people. But I mean, I feel like the I like the his parents not saying I love you is probably not a good thing for a kid. But uh, most likely not. But I mean, we don't go know. kill people, you yeah. know, stuff like that. So um, and they moved around a little bit. They lived in Wyoming for a while, and then they moved to like a part of northern Texas that's like between Oklahoma. The Oklahoma border in Dallas somewhere. Okay. And I think okay. it's Pilot Point, Texas. Okay. Um, yeah. And there were, I believe there were five kids or six kids. I have it in here, up here somewhere. So um, one of those other kids was his brother, Gerald. So Gerald was like Joe's best friend. Like he loved him. Like he, they were BFFs. Like okay. they shared a lot of the same interests, which like a lot of what they were interested in was animals. Like, specifically wild animals. And, like, his brother even was so interested that he wanted to go to Africa to, like, study those kinds of animals when he was older and stuff like that. Oh, that's really Um, cool. But, sadly, he would not get that chance. And we will get to that part of the story. So, this part, (laughs) this is kind of crazy to me. Um, There's this town, Eastvale, Texas. It's probably, it's a very small town. Um, and at age 18, right after high school, Joe became a police officer there. What? It gets better. <laughs> <laughs> a year later, at 19, he became the chief. What? Imagine any 19-year-old chief of the police. <laughs> that is like recipe for fucking disaster. Terrifying, right? Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. Like, I, I even think <laughs> how, about myself. How bad is your police force that that's who you nominate right? as your chief? And also, like, and the thing was apparently that, like, I, and, like, I feel a little bit better about it because, like, it was such a small town that serious crime virtually never happened. Which is, thank, thank yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, thank God. But, I mean, like, you think about what if the chief of police and more was 19 years old? Like, that's just, it's crazy to think about. <sighs> that, like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, he must have been really likable. Yeah, I I think he, I think just judging from like his videos and stuff, he was so charismatic. I say Mm -hmm. was, like he's dead, he's not dead. He is very charismatic, very compelling. Like I feel like he has that ability to draw people in and we'll kind of see that throughout the rest of this story, how he did that with several people. And um, one thing that is, I think, important to this story, only like not in any way like like how they tried to make the Aaron Hernandez thing like, oh, he was gay. And so. Right. Yeah. Right. But Which, Joe, Joe was gay. And that was something that he kept very secret from his father. Like you, this is a man who owns a farm in Kansas. Very like probably lived through the depression. Exactly. Not exactly the time of gay rights. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's got some like pretty different ideas about what, what's okay and what's not. Right. And so anyway, there was this episode. Okay, I want to I tell about this first. Um, there was an episode of Survivor, which, by the way, every single season of Survivor, I say, I'm not going to watch this damn show this time. And my mom and my aunt and my uncle, who are all baby boomers, they watch it together. By the end of the season, I'm sitting on the couch with them going, well, I don't like that damn Dan after he did that to Natalie. And, like, <laughs> I am all into it. Like, I am invested. Like, I'm sitting there with these three other people who are all like a generation older, two generations older than me. And I'm like, yeah, this is really good television. This is compelling. Oh my god! So anyway, there was this one season of Survivor where there was a cast member named Zeke. And Zeke was a young man from Oklahoma. Okay. And um, there was also an older gentleman from like Virginia, I think maybe. 
and Zeke and this guy became pretty good friends as much as you can be friends on a show where you're like backstabbing and competing with each other and stuff like that. Like they talk to each other because there's a lot of time to fill. Right. You know, there's not Um, a lot of whole, there's not a a whole lot going on. Exactly. You got to kind of. So anyway, they, um, you know, they get pretty acquainted with each other and Zeke really like confides in this guy named Jeff. And anyway, then one night at tribal council, Jeff, the contestant, realizes that he's like, his neck is on the chopping block. He's probably going home. And he decides, and what, what baffled me is that he is a gay man, and he decides that the best move he can make on national television is to out Zeke as trans. What a fucking piece of shit. Yes. He does this during the tribal council. He does this. And you can just see the look on Zeke's face where he is just like. Uh, that, that to me, that's grounds to just like stab that guy. Okay. So I really liked what happened after that. So everybody, I mean, the, the, the people on the show were horrified that he had done this. Obviously. Like they were like, that is not your place. Like that is. Mm-hmm. And especially for him to be a gay man and not realize that. You don't the do that. The effect of like, outing yeah, someone when they're is not ready, like awful. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And I don't know if Zeke was like out at home or anything like that. I don't know. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter or anything like that. Um, but anyway, um, what was awesome though was Jeff Prost, who is the host of the show, mm-hmm. kind of looks around at everybody. They're about to go vote, like go write down a name, and he goes, "Do we even need to vote tonight?" And everybody just goes, "Nope." And they sent him home? Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. They, and, and I think that Zeke and Jeff actually, like, made peace with each other. And Zeke was amazing about it. Like, he handled it so gracefully. And, I like, think I remember reading about that. Because it was I was not, I mean, I am not a survivor watcher. I'm not really a television watcher. Mm-hmm. Like, I get into things, like, a million years You'd later. You'd be watching The Witcher. Yes, I do watch yeah. The Witcher. Um, and I, but, like, I don't. Usually it takes me a long time to start something. Like, I don't, I don't think usually, I started yeah. watching Supernatural until, shit, they were, like, already 11 seasons in. Right. and Or, like, nine, something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I still haven't watched all of it because I kind of got bored after a certain point. But And the reason I bring up this whole story about Zeke and Jeff is because one of Joe's siblings decided to out him to their father. What the fuck? Yeah. That's a good way to get your brother, like, killed or beaten or something awful, especially, like, I'm not saying that it's, you know, the good reaction to have as a parent or whatever, but, like, we know. But, like, if you know that your parents are going to react that way. We we know as a society that, one, you should never out anyone, Mm -hmm. ever. Like, it's not your fucking place. Two, sometimes people do not take outings Mm -hmm. well. So, to keep people safe. How about we just not do that? Yeah. Like, this, what does it matter? Like, don't be a dick. Yeah. First rule of life. Don't be a don't dick. Don't be a dick. Yeah. So anyway, his sibling does this. His father's reaction is to shake Joe's hand and ask him to promise that he will not come to his funeral. What the fuck? Yeah. So understandably, this prompts Joe to attempt suicide. He took his, I don't know if it was the police cruiser or if it was his own car, but he drove it into a concrete barrier. God damn. Yeah. Sustained massive injuries, like needed extensive physical therapy, um, which he did not seek in Oklahoma. He ended up moving to West Palm Beach, Florida. He was like, you know, I got to get out of here. This is, this is bad. So anyway, right. which is totally understandable. Um, 
And let's see. And then in 1986, so he lives lives there for a while. Then in 1986, Joe and his, his first husband, who was married to unofficially Brian Ryan, um, got a pet store in Arlington with Joe's brother, Gerald. Okay. So, like, they all owned it together. I don't, or I don't know if, like, maybe Joe and Gerald owned it, and then, like, his husband was just kind of, like, you know, like, right. part of it or whatever. Like, who, kind how of it's there split, Like, if it was split 50-50 or 33 all the way around. I don't know. Right. Anyway, um, so, like, this is this was just, like, your basic pet store. Like, do you remember the one in Crossroads Mall? Yes, I do. Okay. It was like that, pretty much. But I think they specialized in, like, birds and reptiles kind of a thing. Oh, okay. Like, that sort of that sort of stuff. Kind of like Alligator Alley. Right. Exactly. Where it's, like, all lizards and snakes. And exactly, yeah. You can go see real alligators. Yeah. And so, like, if you think about it, this is a pretty idyllic situation. Like, Joe's got his husband. He's got his best friend, who's his brother, that accepts him. Right. As he is and accepts his husband and they all work together on a daily basis. Like, sounds pretty good. Doing what you love. Like, working with animals. Sounds like a, sounds like a pretty solid plan. Yeah. It sounds, sounds pretty good. Uh, But things are about to take a dark turn. (laughs) I figured they would. (laughs) So, um, October 1997, Gerald was hit and killed by a drunk driver. Oh, damn. He didn't die immediately. He died like a week later in the hospital. Good God. Yeah. So, so probably um, a slow and painful death from internal exactly. damage yeah. and hemorrhaging. Yeah. And I I don't know if, um, let's see, if, I don't know what I was going to say. That That is like complete, like tired brain that just took over and like was running <laughs> my mouth. So I have no idea what I was about to say. I really don't. I should have just gone with it and let, let's see what comes out. <laughs> like, so anyway, um, because of that, like this means like in Texas, um, he was outed to his father. His father kind of disowned him. He attempted suicide, and now his brother, his best friend, has died all in Texas. So he is like, I want out of Texas again. Like, right, I, I really, right. maybe coming back here was a mistake. Like, I, I need a fresh start. So um, because of the drunk driving settlement, like, his family won some money in that case. And Joe ended up getting, like, um, I think, like, $144,000 out of that. Or because they were, like, business partners. I think just, so, maybe. Okay. I think maybe that was part of it. Cause, yeah, because that would impact the lively, his livelihood, livelihood and stuff like that. Right. How many times can I say livelihood? I don't know. <laughs> um, so anyway, the best way that he thought he could honor his brother was by creating an exotic animal park in his brother's name. Oh, so okay. the name of it was um, the Gerald Wayne Exotic Animal Memorial Park. Okay. So, but as we know it on the highway, like it's Joe Exotics, but also like the GW Mm-hmm. exotic animal park right you know you see that sign you know you know that's I, I know that sign well i mean i guess it's not there anymore is it i haven't been that way i don't in a know while. if the sign um which was it on where was it at let's see i don't remember i don't remember where it's at on the highway but i remember seeing that but like, you oh. couldn't fucking miss it whenever you'd see it yeah that's for damn sure what's weird about that okay so it's the gw Gerald Wayne. Yep. But PETA's website says it's the Greater Winniewood for GW. Yeah, that's what it's called. A lot of okay. people call it that, even okay. that because that's where it's located. Yeah, it is in Winniewood. And a lot of people would like refer to it as that. I don't think it was actually widely known that it was named mm-hmm. for his brother. Okay. PETA's website. Don't get me started on those oh, motherfuckers. God. Yeah, they're crazy. Like, oh my God. So anyway, this land that he bought for this animal park was 16 acres. Um, so That to, is not very big. 
So to give you an idea, the zoo is 119. Yeah. It's 119 acres. Um, so 16 acres, not huge, but decent size. Like if you were legitimately just running a big cat rescue and you had like well, a and couple tigers. Well, if you tigers, only had like a couple, five, five max, I would, yeah. five max, I yeah. would say. That you're like even rehabbing. then I would think you'd need more land. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so as soon as people realized this was a thing, they were dropping off exotic pets that were no longer wanted like crazy. People were just dropping stuff off, which is crazy to me to think that, like, there are enough people in this the state, the area, that have those. Money talks, girl. Money talks. Oh, God, it's crazy to me. There's, like, like, in the state, I know there is a, um, it's a type of cat. Actually, recently, Justin Bieber got a bunch of heat. I remember seeing about it because he got two of them. And I can't remember what they're called. It's like, um, but they, they breed them here. Is it like a Jaguarundi? No, it's, um, it's a small wild cat. Ocelot? And they, no. And they are, it's, <laughs> I mean, not, it's not an ocelot. Uh, um, look up Justin Bieber Okay, Justin quick. Bieber, weird um, wild cat. Yeah, because he got, in, like, people were calling him out because I think he spent, like, Oh, my grand. God. The first thing that popped up was Justin Bieber wife and then Justin Bieber exotic cats. Yep. Um, because he was getting some shit and this was recently, but we breed those here at least, at least know one breeder here in the state that breeds these cats and they go for about 5,000 a piece. Savannah breed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Holy crap. Okay. So according to the Hollywood reporter, Bieber paid $35,000 for the pair of them. Maybe it's not that exact cat. <laughs> like, I well, know that we have, also, I know that we have might, a breeder. That yeah, might be, like, a very top-line yeah, yeah, breeder. Exactly. Um, they're supposed to be a lot like domesticated cats. I think we used to have one in the zoo. But they aren't. But they're in the zoo! Like, But they're yeah. in the zoo, first off. I, I don't know if it's it was like that not exact cat. Be because there's cat. a lot of them that look kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, it's not... Like, they still have wild instincts. Yeah. Like, I love tigers. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. You ain't I don't, putting one in your basement? If I'm a millionaire, billionaire, whatever, yeah. ever, by the grace of the devil, if that ever happens. Because <laughs> we know it ain't God blessing me at that point. Um, uh, I would not own a big cat. And I love big cats. Never. Okay, so would, that reminds me, like, I, I even put this in the outline because I wanted to bring it up. It makes me think about the meme that's about that show Fatal Attraction. Have you seen, do you know what Fatal Attraction is? I do know what Fatal okay, Attraction about, like, is. It's, for anybody who doesn't know, it's basically the show about people who have pets they shouldn't that and it, end and it up attacking them. ends with death. way wrong. Yeah. Either with the animal being killed, which at that point, it's like, if you truly believe in animal conservation and... You know, I mean, I know that poachers are constantly killing, like, tigers and Mm. snow leopards. I love snow leopards. They're on the brink of extinction. I would not own a snow leopard for the asinine, self-righteous thought that I can help the species. Because I'm not. Mm -hmm. You're domesticating a wild animal, and it's not supposed to be domesticated. Yeah. Well, half the time, like, one of them I had watched, this lady, she had a jaguar. And he was biting into the base of her skull. Oh, I believe it. I believe and it. they had to shoot this jaguar and kill it to get it off of her. And she was like, and she's like bawling on this fucking bullshit going, oh, but I know in my heart that he really didn't want to kill me. Yes, bitch. Yes, he did. Yeah, he that's did. That's his instinct. That's like, that's like he your, wants to eat you. It's like the snake that was laying down next to the girl and the vet's like, he's measuring you to see if yeah, he can eat yeah, you. Yeah, my, um, 
my husband, he has a cousin who had a friend who was told by her vet, you need to get rid of your python mm-hmm. because it was getting way too big because she was having it sleep in the bed with her. Well, they can, certain ones grow to their environment. Yeah. Same thing like with the beardy dragons. They can yeah. get really big if they are in a really big tank. Yeah. Um, and he was like, that, uh. That snake, snake wants is, to eat you. It's, it's preparing to eat you. Oh my god, that's what, that's so funny to me. Um, so the meme about fatal attraction is it says fatal attraction or white people having pets they shouldn't. Fucking true. It's true. Except there was a black guy on there who had a fucking apartment full in New York City. New York City apartment. That's by the horrifying. way, horrifying. He had like three cheetahs or some shit in his apartment. Imagine finding that out and you're like his neighbor and you're like, there was a damn cheetah next door to me. And I can't remember if his cats ate him or not. I hope Um, they did. Like, and I feel sorry for people like that because sometimes I think that their heart's in the right place. Cause a lot of them that were talking Mm -hmm. about it, you know, you can tell they really do love these animals, but it's like, you have to love the animals more than you love your ego. Yep. And a lot of people a big part. are not uh, able to do that. Yeah. And I, uh, so, um, the people started dropping off animals like crazy at this place. And that is how the first two tigers that came to live there, their names were Tess and Tickles and Tess and Tickles were, um, seized by the game warden in Ardmore because they were found in an abandoned backyard there. What? Yeah. So, yeah. so they, I want to know how these people have the money to buy these animals. Even on the black market, they are expensive. I wonder how expensive they are. That I mean, I I would bet at least 5000 At least. At, oh, at least. At least. At yeah. least. I, I'm talking like bare minimum, maybe. Yeah. Maybe for like a defective God. one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, half starved, half something. But that's bad. I shouldn't joke oh. about that. But, um, but like, I'm I'm betting you ten to 15000 a cat. Yeah. So easily. So like everything, I mean, it seems like a pretty good thing at this point. Like the game warden is able to bring him, you know, these exotic animals and stuff like that and blah, 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 whatever. Why Um, aren't they taking them to the zoo? I don't know. I don't know why they don't do that. That's what I would like to know. Because if there's this many exotic animals Mm, in that they're seizing and that they're seizing in the state and the zoo is equipped Mm. with one, the proper veterinarians, the proper yeah. things like that. I'm kind of surprised. I don't know. Um, so in 1999, this is the first time that Joe Exotic makes the news in relation to <laughs> animal cruelty. In 99. In 99. Shocker. Okay. So this is when the emu incident occurred. Okay. So is this like, how many years after he opened is this? Like two, three Let's years? See. Let me look. Because um, you said 96, right? So Gerald was hit in 97 and okay. two years after that, two years to the day of his death, I believe they opened the park. Okay. So in 99, they opened so, yeah. the park. So yeah. So it was like, so, yeah. So he's like not even got this park a full yeah. fucking year and they're already like animal cruelty. Yeah. There's the emu incident. <laughs> oh, so, shit. Which I just like saying that the emu incident. Um, so basically there were some emaciated emus in Texas and they were needing to be transported to, I don't know if they're being transported directly to Joe Exotic's place, but he offered to do the transportation. And oh, so okay. he's loading up these emus, like these emaciated emus, and a few of them, at least six, escape as he's doing this. Oh, shit. And they start running for the highway. And <gasps> so he gets out a rifle 
and shoots six of them and kills them. <laughs> okay, I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't no, laugh. The no, poor okay. emus, but right. like... I mean, I kind of get it because I, they were on the way to the highway, and, and like, they could have not only been killed, they but killed, killed somebody. People. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's I feel a little, like that's, that's kind of like a, a well gray area. shit. But obviously, what he should have had tranquilizer, tranquilizers, yeah. or like you know, okay, you go around the zoo, and if you guys are in Oklahoma City, visit our zoo. We have a great zoo. It is, it is an amazing. They have zoo. done so much good stuff to it recently. They have, and our zoo is actually one of the few that is not just a for-profit zoo. They do do a lot for conservation. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it sucks to see animals in captivity. Yeah. I am, like, one of those people where it's, like, sometimes it's really hard to see, but they Mm -hmm. actually do care about their animals. Um, And also, if you want to feel like you're in Jurassic Park, then go to the surgery center, and you can watch them do surgery on the animals. Yeah. And you stand up in this, like, gallery, and it looks just like Mm -hmm. you're looking down into, like, the incubation room in Jurassic Park. And they will, like, keep, like, they'll have babies in there. They'll, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll bring them out. And they put up the schedule, too, if you want to, like, go at a specific time to see a specific thing. Yeah, to see certain things, and it's really cool. And and it's not all, like, gory, like, surgery. Some of it's just, like, a wellness exam. Yeah, like, like they, because they keep a lot Mm -hmm. of the babies in that. facility Mm -hmm. until they are big enough to be like out in the elements or whatever Mm -hmm. um but yeah like you go to our zoo and all around like especially the first time we ever noticed it dave was with me and he goes are do you see this door and i was like yeah and it says animal catching equipment and he goes well, how often do you think they have to open this fucking door? Because we're by the bears. And he's like, okay. I want to know what's in it. Yeah, like, <laughs> like what I, do you use? But I imagine that, you know, like, whenever they send animal control out to, like, retrieve aggressive dogs or cats or snakes mm-hmm. or whatever, they have equipment meant to grab, like, okay. To facilitate their To facilitate. Job. In Florida, specifically. Uh-huh. You cannot hunt alligators except a certain time of year in yeah. Florida and in Louisiana. But they are rife, right, with gators. Yeah. <laughs> the whole state. And, like, so if you call animal control, it's almost like they have to get, like, those big, they look they look like a weird noose. You know, the big Yeah, like, they, they use them like on, they like, the, uh, the crocodile hunter on the big dog like On yeah. the big dogs and on, uh-huh. yeah, on crocodiles. And that's, like, how they get yeah. them away so i'm like you'd figure there's something like that for like a snare or yeah yeah, like a snare or or somebody who would be equipped to help you capture these animals i I feel like if you tried to snare an emu it would just like break its neck because like if it's running (laughs) obviously obviously but like we're come on dude there's gotta be a way you're coming from oklahoma there gotta be a few cowboys that could rope these motherfuckers pretty quick yeah exactly like it's something needs to be done so um this, th- that particularly to me was not that bad. I didn't feel like, cause I no, felt like I, I feel like it, it, it definitely, um, had a it rationale. Where, yeah. It it was a rational reason. Like mm-hmm. it was to prevent massive right. death, yeah. not only to the animals, but also to humans. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, you got to play devil's advocate and go, well, what is worse? Yeah. Yeah. And so soon after this though, Joe exotic is born. Um, but not before one more tragedy occurs. Good fucking God. Right? Like, no, this guy has been through, like, I'm not making (laughs) excuses for him, but he has been through a lot. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> he has been <laughs> through a obviously lot. Obviously, he needed a lot of therapy. This yeah. is what she's trying to say. So. Yeah. so this guy's life is rife with tragedy. In December 2001, his husband, Brian Ryan, died of a deadly infection. In 2001? So 2001. This, is like, this is like two years Back after. to back to back, yeah. Like yeah. these these incidents. And so God damn. Um, they held his funeral at the zoo. And, um, but within a year, Joe had a new partner. 24. Do they know what he died of? No, it didn't say. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, I kind of wondered, like, did an animal bite him and he got <laughs> yeah, an infection? Like, like, like uh, alligators. Right. Alligator bites are very poisonous. Yeah. Um, like you have to have them treated immediately. Yeah. Like a lot of antibiotics and stuff. Cat just, bites are really bad. Uh, big cats. Yep. Well, and, even well, and domesticated. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they're a lot, you know, better yeah. than if a big fucking cat gets a hold well, of I kinda, you. Well, I kind of, I kind of wonder maybe it was something like that because like, Possibly. if it was, then, you or know, snake you wouldn't or... want to go and like get treatment because maybe you would feel like they might take things away from you. If you know what I mean? Like, no, I definitely know what you mean. Like, um, on fatal attraction. Exactly. There was a guy who owned a lot of big lizards mm-hmm. and he owned Komodo dragons. Oh my God. Okay. Sharon and Stone. Know, and if you know what yeah. Komodo dragons are like, they're cool as fuck. I wish I could own a Komodo dragon, poisonous. but I wouldn't poisonous as hell. And they, they will, they him. will hot, they will sit under a tree and wait for you to come down. Yep. He, um, he got bit by one. And he would get bit multiple times by a lot of his lizards. Isn't that how Sharon Stone, like, lost a toe? I don't know. Hang on. We're going to find that you're gonna, out. Okay. You're going to find gonna out while I, while I continue yeah. story time here. He, um, and he was, like, determined that he was, like, building up resistance to these bites because he was getting bitten, um, multiple times. Like, and, no, I got it under control. I got it under control. Well, he missed, like, work for, like, two days. They go in and all of his lizards are eating him when they did his wellness check because the poison finally took hold. Oh my God. And I'm like, I mean, I guess you died doing what you love, but that's another thing I've read about him is that like they'll bite you and then they'll just follow you Mm -hmm. until it kills you. And I'm like, how creepy is that? Like they're they're, like they're not like they're not they're just gonna sit there and look at you because they know you're gonna die. Yep. Like oh god, that is what kind what kind of animal has Satan rot? (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, but uh, I love Komodo dragons. I love going to the zoo and seeing them. They just look cool as hell. They're like a giant iguana, but an iguana won't kill you if it bites you. So yeah. So apparently, I guess it was her husband that got bit, but it was a Komodo dragon. Um. Which you should not own because they are not domesticatable. Well, they did it at the zoo. Like, what What the hell? Like, the zoo invited them. Um, they, let's see. Oh, so she didn't own one? They didn't own one. They went and okay. her husband was, like, obsessed with them. So they went to see them. And Well, then he deserved to lose that time. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. So, yeah. I don't know. It was, it was weird. Like, That's a um, weird situation. Super weird. So if you want to read that, there's, like, a transcript of Sharon Stone versus the Komodo dragon of an interview <laughs> on time that you can read. Because, you know, everybody who listens to this podcast loves the rabbit holes that we can go down in the yeah. true crime and weird news arenas strange strange stuff so soon after um brian ryan died joe had a new partner 24 year old jc Hartpence, and he's how old at this time older <laughs> older than jc <laughs> older like, than jc like, he's over 20 right <laughs> hang on let's do the math on this um so what year he became 2001 let's see um 
He became a police officer. Doesn't say what year. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll look that up here in just a second. No worries. I may not. I may forget about it. So anyway, like, uh, JC was a, an event producer. Okay. So this was like a guy who was familiar with marketing, like mm-hmm. image, branding, that kind of thing. So that's why Joe Exotic was born. Yes. Thank you, JC. So JC kind of encouraged Joe to make a magic show and take it on the road with the animals. Um, magic show? I don't know where the magic part comes into it. But <laughs> like, I would think that the big exotic animals would be, be enough. enough. Yeah. Like, you I, don't got I a wonder, Siegfried and Roy it. Yeah, I was like, I wonder if that was the inspiration. Probably. There was like, we need to be Siegfried and Roy. We got to make this tiger disappear. And then he did make several tigers disappear, but in a very sad way. I'm so, sure he um, did. But, uh, so anyway, Joe went with this and he used stage names, which these first two, I'm like, these are lame. Like, Aaron Alex and Cody Ryan. And, but then he comes up with Joe exotic. And that one is magical. It is magical. It is magical. And in the promotions for these shows, he billed himself as quote, master illusionist, Joe exotic. So I'm like, did he know how to do magic? Like I'm assuming if he's like talking, doing magic shows, he yeah. better know how to do it. Well, I'd fucking hope so. He's yeah. Probably not pen and teller, but right. Yeah. So the, the zoo was growing and Joe was hiring more and more people um, for working at the zoo and for working on the road show. To give you a little idea of what kind of living conditions these animals were in, remember when I said the Oklahoma City Zoo was 119 acres and this facility was 106? 106? I thought you said 16. 16, 16 sorry. I was like, goddamn, we grew. No, 16. Okay, so 16 and 119. Yeah, that's a huge difference. 1,900 animals live at the OKC Zoo. Mm-hmm. Over 1,000 lived at the park. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Like, there's no way that those conditions, even if that's all you know, they're not good. Like, yeah. Yeah. but anyway, so um, one of the things that I think that makes this case so scintillating is his unconventional romantic situations. Okay. So, like... One of the people he hired was 19-year-old John Finley. And within that summer, John was involved with Joe, even though Joe is with JC. Oh, my God. So it's kind of like this weird, like, I don't know that it necessarily was, like, a poly situation. Like, I don't know that those two guys were involved with each other. But, like... But, like, he had two husbands. He was doing the whole sister-wives thing. Basically, yeah. sister-husbands, brother-husbands. young men. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, basically. So, um, and around that time, understandably, Hart Pence, like, got fed up with everything. He was very disillusioned because when he came there, he thought this was a rehab and release facility. This is the 19-year-old. This is the 24-year-old. Okay, That, that like, got him to do the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he wanted him to do those magic shows and stuff to raise awareness. Like, to be like, hey, this is what we do. Like, whatever. And he got very... Let us come and educate you. Exactly. And have a good time. Exactly. Without being preachy. Exactly. Yeah. And he got very disillusioned because he realized that this was about money. Like, this was... Uh This was when Joe had started buying animals, breeding them, and selling them. Like, that was what had started to go on. And JC was not okay with it. Like, he thought, this is wrong. I don't like this. I want out. And they were having difficulties in their relationship, which I'm sure had to do with that. And I'm sure it had to do with the fact that he has this 19-year-old boyfriend. 
like, on yeah, the side, yeah, on the side, yeah, who also lives and works there. Mm-hmm. They're all living together. Like, oh, that's creepy. Yeah. So, um, anyway, in about 2003, Hart Pence, I think he went into the office and like a picture had been left with a note on it for him. The picture was of one of the tigers named Goliath and Goliath was about to eat in the picture, a big slab of meat. And on the meat, <laughs> Joe had written JC's remains. And there was a note attached to it that said, if you don't get your shit together, this is going to be your reality. Yeah. What? So, I mean, that's pretty threatening. Like That is, like, extremely threatening. Right? Okay. So, Hart Pence was done. He was like, this is, uh, I'm done. And one night, uh, when Joe was asleep, Hart Pence got a gun, put it to Joe's head, and woke him up and said, I want out. Good. And I mean, hello, good for him. Good like, for him for getting out. Yeah. And maybe maybe don't threaten people with a gun, yeah. but at the same time when they're threatening to throw your remains in with lions. Or tiger, yeah. Or tigers. Or bears, oh my. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any of them any yeah, of the above pigs, might, dogs. <laughs> you, you might be like, Well, hmm, I'll blame him. Yeah, I don't blame him at all. Um, Joe talked him out of shooting him, which I'm glad for only because like Hart Pence then didn't Get in trouble for that right, or right. For killing him. He did get in trouble because they called, he, Joe called the cops and they came and arrested JC. Um, did he at least tell them, hey, this is why I did it? Was because he had this picture of my, uh, <laughs> like, clearly threatening Threatening me. my life. I don't know. I don't know that he ever did because I, I don't know. Like, he, he never went back and he, you know, he was like, that's I would have kept that just to be like, yeah. I got fucking proof you right? were trying to yeah. sabotage, murder me or something. So, the sanctuary was featured in a piece in the Oklahoman in 2004. And this is when he was really beginning to draw scrutiny on what he was doing. Okay. The piece had a picture of a lion cub that was crippled, most likely because it was inbred. Oh, God. A sign that lions were being bred and sold for money at the park. And, like, inbreeding, inbreeding with, you know, most animals, usually after a time, it can make them crazy. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. And it can make them a little more dangerous. Yeah. Because whenever, you know, your brain swells in your skull. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you nice. Yeah. So imagine that. Not in a dog. But in a lion. Yeah. A creature made to, like, take down antelope. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, that's bad. Is fucking crazy. It's crazy, We yeah. are not anywhere near equipped to fight a fucking lion. No. Like, no. No. like I mean, no. <laughs> with a gun or something, you know, but, like, please don't do that. Don't but do like, that. Um, yeah. But, I mean, like. That's not a natural predator for us. Mm-hmm. It, but, I mean, because, you know, we've basically killed them all out. But, like... Um, or at least but it's not, not a natural predator if you live in America. Yeah, and that's not that's not something that we're, like, equipped to right. outrun mm-hmm. or to be able to stave off with, like, horns on our heads yeah. or something. We are... So, like, if you own one of these pets mm-hmm. and they're already dangerous whenever they're totally healthy... Yeah. Totally, like, not inbred to the point of... And then you throw some squirrely genetics in there and, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you and don't you, know what's going to happen. You don't know what you've got. Yeah. And you don't know what it's going to do with you or your family or whatever. Like, it's a dangerous situation yeah. all around. 
So in this piece, a person who we will become very familiar with in the next episode was quoted. She said, no legitimate animal sanctuary would allow that to happen. The she in question was Carol Baskin, who Joe Exotic would make it his mission in life to destroy. Oh, well. So that's where we're going. That's where we're going. We're going on to the next part of this crazy Joe Exotic ride. Oh, man. Like, it's, I can't cra- wait. it's crazy. It gets crazier. I can't wait. I mean, and like we had said um, earlier, you know, I mean, yes, he's obviously faced a lot of tragedy. Yeah. And he's faced a lot of loss and he's had a lot of issues. But the man he becomes, there's no excuse for right. that. Yeah. Like, I agree. I agree. It's so crazy. I'm like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people in the world who go through a lot of really awful shit mm-hmm. who don't become Joe Exotic. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and it's not like, I mean, I feel like there are probably like worse criminals, of course, but like the yeah, animal. for I, sure. And it's probably bad that like the, the way he ends up treating some of the animals really bothers me. Makes him a monster. Yeah. Like monsters do shit like that. And I mean, it's not good that he took out a hit either. Like that's, you know, that's yeah, bad I too. Mean, but... We all know, like if you're tuning in, we all know he didn't kill anyone. Right. Yeah. But he's still a monster. Yeah. He's still mm-hmm. not a good dude. Yeah. He's still capable of some pretty awful shit because you don't take a hit out on anyone mm-hmm. and be a normal human. Yeah. Well, that's all I've got on the first episode in the Joe Exotic Irioki <laughs> series. So thank you, Jonetta, so much for being on again. I always love having you on the podcast and people really enjoy when you're on. Well, thank you for having me. I feel like I never really add much to it, but I enjoy being here. Is there anything you want to tell people about? Uh, not currently. Okay. Not really anything happening. I'm trying to finish up my next book. And Yay. Then- Hopefully can't have wait. it have it done by the end of February. That's my goal Yay. to have it out. So um, I just want to remind you guys that there will not be a new episode next week. The next Joe Exotic episode will be the week after that. Um, and that I wanted to remind you also that the Irioki Shorts Volume One is available on Amazon in paperback now. Nice. Yes, so it's available on pay- in paperback. You can order it from Amazon. Um, follow the podcast at Irioki on Instagram. Facebook is the same. Uh, join the Facebook group and you can follow at scrappy little thing for my writing and all of that stuff. I haven't updated it recently because I'm garbage at social media, but I'm trying. Okay. I'm trying. So anyway, that's it. Y'all stay spooky.